right. Let's get this party started. Is this a party, though? It's a party of two. <gasps> discussing the party of forensics. Hey. And it's a Saturday night. It's time for a party. Is it? Yeah. Saturday night and the feeling's right. Sure. Oh, what a night. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so, what a night. <laughs> I had to get all the way through. Sorry. Thank you. Um, we do usually record on uh, Sundays. Sunday but, afternoons. Uh, we are making an exception this week because John and I will be out of town tomorrow. And so what we've done is, is channel our Saturday night party vibes. Yep. And we got up early this morning and got yep. on a school bus Woo-hoo. and went to Appleton and competed at Xavier and then got back on that school bus and took the long way home and then stood outside with some teenagers waiting for them to get picked up. And now here we are. So obviously a, we're lit. Having a podcast party. <laughs> um, Not having eaten dinner yet. And it's going to be great. Yeah, it is. It's going to be great. So uh, how was your week? Anything exciting happen? No, I uh, just did my my job. I didn't even practice once this week because my work schedule was that stupid, which is a really unfortunate part about being someone who works outside of her building and also someone who uh, does not car. So, yeah, I did not practice with my students this week. I only had one practice this week. I was still doing tournament cleanup mm-hmm. stuff and then just catching up on the other parts of life that happen when you ignore them for a while yeah. to focus on forensics. I still feel like I'm doing that. Yeah. I, I got most of it out of the way. I have one more Nesco to return, but otherwise I'm I'm good. I'm caught up and I I mean I'm not caught up with life. Yeah. But I am mostly done with the tournament stuff that needed to happen, except for all the soda and water that's still sitting up in our sunroom. And it's we'll true. Need to but find that's a home. Just, but it's, you know, it's available for people when they come over, when people stop by. When they, when you have other Saturday night podcast parties. When we have a gathering, it's available. <laughs> when so, you're having a few people over. Right. So, so that was, yeah, my week. I also did not do much except work and try to catch up on stuff and audiobook record and, I had a meeting on Wednesday night for Sheboygan Theater Company. So, you know, life stays busy. Um, I did share with you earlier this week that, like, this is the official part now where, like, I was so over forensics. Yep, it's the hump. I was not looking forward to going on Saturday because I was over it mentally, emotionally. Definitely physically. No, I physically, I'm still very much in it. So, uh, but as predicted, I went today and it was so great to see everybody and we'll get to Xavier very, very quickly, but I actually got to see some rounds today. One of which I loved. You came back and you were actually glowing. Yeah. I loved my, my round. Well, let's, let's transition right on over. To our recap of the inaugural, yes, at least under the reign of one Miss Mariah Irvin. Ladies and gentlemen, Mariah Irvin. Um, the inaugural Xavier High School the tournament. Hawk's Nest Forensics Tournament yeah. is what it was officially called. That was confusing. I was looking for it for a long time and I couldn't find it. I never found it. the Hawk's Nest. And then I had to go to the WFCA website and be like, oh, that's what we're calling it. I didn't know. Hawk's I didn't Nest. know. They like um, birds. Yeah. I was, I just kept searching for Xavier and nothing was popping up. At least nothing in Wisconsin. No. So, um, so for a while I was worried she was doing it on some other system. 
like tab room or something, which is like fine, but uh, I don't have my team built in tab room and I was going to have to build a team. Yeah. If we haven't talked about before, we're very speech wire loyal here. Yeah. Sorry. So, but Ben Stewart is Bay. I was super happy to not have to build a team in Tab Room. Yeah. Because I was just able to enter my entries in Speechware. And then I did so, and we had a lot of entries, and I was feeling good. And you were stoked. had to find five judges for the first time in a long time, um, like for my actual kids, not like helping find judges for mm-hmm. other people. And then, like, half my team got sick. And in the last two days, I dropped like six kids, which equaled like 10 entries. It was insane. I haven't been hit that hard in a long time. And we, but we've already had that. We already had our cold and flu season. Like it's already happened once before and now it happened again. Flu season doesn't leave high schoolers. They just keep passing it around. They just pass around to each other. Well, so that, I mean, that's really the most exciting thing that happened to me this week was a series of text messages and Facebook messages and emails over the last 32 hours of kids just being like, I'm not coming. I'm stuck. I can't do it. That's too hard. I want to come, but I can't. I just can't do it. Our teenager impression is getting so good. <laughs> I know, right? Like so good. But we got to Xavier. It's a beautiful, beautiful building. I know part of it is because it's brand new, pretty much. But it's beautiful in there. The classrooms are gigantic. Mm -hmm. The hallways are so wide. Yes, that too. Which is such a cool architectural feature. I mean, it looks like a high school. But the hallways are so wide that, like, light and air can pass through. Mm -hmm. And I imagine them still being very busy and still, like, having light and air pass through. Yeah. Because the hallways are so wide it, they're great i want to sing beaut- wide open spaces school. by dixie chicks and and spin around in circles there but i won't because i can't we sing. Were, yeah and we we don't have the money for musical interviews we can't pay for it we don't have the rights <laughs> um but like we walk in judges lounge is great mm-hmm. great space for it in the library thanks we Chad. have we have yet another example of a wonderful husband doing a great job taking care of judges in that judge's lounge. Chad Irvin did his Do the dang thing. Proud by, uh, by running a great judge's lounge. There so. were just so many donuts, which makes up for the fact that there was no fruit, but there were just so many donuts. She went there, ladies and gentlemen. She went there. I'm not going to apologize. I wanted a banana this morning. I'm a vegan. I have to eat fruit. <laughs> it's required. So, um, so breakfast uh, from, as far as I was concerned, was great. Um, but also uh, we were late getting there. Thanks, Juliet, so. my student, Juliet, yes. who I yelled at in front of her first round of competition. <laughs> so I didn't have time to have any coffee or a donut before I went to my first round, but there was, because there were copious amounts of donuts, I still got to have one later in the day. Good. But I was hungry those first two rounds. I was hungry. I had a donut. Good. I'm happy for you. Thanks. I'm happy for you. I mean, um, I, I got there, set my bag down and immediately started doing tasks for Mariah. Like I barely saw my purse. I was just like, Melissa, can you take this? I was like, yeah, good morning. <laughs> <laughs> and off I went. Um, shall we transition to lunch? I mean, yeah. 
Okay, because I just have to say what a beautiful soup Mariah's mom made. You like set the bowl down in front of me and I it was I was like, that's Instagram worthy soup right there. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a chicken Italian Tuscany wedding, thing, Tuscany. something. It was gorge. It was full of beautiful colors and vegetables. Um, yes, it just looked so good. And there were sandwiches and then the vegan chili, which was I tried delicious. was amazing. Thank you, Mariah, so for having a vegan quinoa and not just like a lightweight little chili like it had quinoa and it was full of vegetables and it was full of flavor and it was so it was hearty good. and delicious and i added some cheese to it and really enjoyed it <laughs> ruining vegan food uh, yeah. oh Who my god it? that could be the name of my blog <gasps> ruining vegan ruining food vegan i'll food. bring vegan food to yeah, you yeah and then, and then I you'll ruin it. it i love this i idea. mean that's kind of what my roommate already does when i cook food for her but you can do it and make a blog about okay. it <laughs> maybe it could be a vlog it could be our first vlog <gasps> perfect okay all right ladies well, and gentlemen it. you are here for the creation of ruining vegan food featuring kurt and melissa it'll be so fun we'll do great on video <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. No, we won't. I don't want to be camera ready. Um, a podcast is the right medium for our exactly. Um, so another thing to note about this tournament um, is that Xavier is a beautiful school, but it doesn't have as many classrooms as some other schools, Correct. like specifically New London, where Mariah came from. And so what she did was, I think, the smartest thing you can do, which is instead of limiting it to a very small day of competition, she did the four time slot structure that we had at Sheboygan South that mm-hmm. we will be having at State that they did at Whitewater, even though we didn't go to that tournament. Yeah. Um, um, and she did also a really, uh, well, like, well, I appreciated it. I don't know how many other people appreciated it, but she started round one at eight fifteen. She mm-hmm. just got things kicked off even yep. earlier, um, which allowed us to have not such a long day on the back end. Yeah. I will stay. There's still that moment after four time slots of competition when you're like, we're done. No, we're done. And I'm like looking around the room, and even, even though the time was relatively close to when we would normally start mm-hmm. a final round. I'm still looking around like, we're done? No. Nope. No? Oh, okay. Um, still going strong. So, like, my body has not adjusted to a longer day like that. But I appreciate that we started earlier so we could leave while the sun was still out. We arrived in Sheboygan. The sun was still out. Yeah. I appreciated that. Um Anything else to say about the four time slot structure? No. As someone who hosted a tournament for it, I understand it. And it feels like judges were a lot less confused at this tournament than they were at our tournament, which mm-hmm. is good because there were a good amount of people who were at both. Right. So, and I know that the kids genuinely do enjoy it and they get to go like sit in each other's rounds and be audience members, which is good. That is nice. That's, that's maybe the one perk. <laughs> Like, it's not something I'll consider doing until no. I absolutely have to. Yeah. <laughs> but that's maybe the one perk. Um, also, a note um, for those of you who know Jared Schrader, man thinks he's funny. Don't don't complain about something in front of him because he will turn it around on you real fast. I found that out the hard way today. That man thinks he's funny. You have one kid and all of a sudden you get to make all the dad jokes anyone's ever conceived of ever. We were running the intake <laughs> table. So one of the codes today was L8 and the judge like came up to him in the sheet and he was just like, oh, were you worried about this competitor? And she was like, oh, no, why? What happened? He's like, because they were late and I wanted to shove his chair away from me. So I did not have to associate with him. I just reached out. I was like, I'm so sorry for him. 
See, I love a good dad joke. I love I, am, I love some I am, of them, but I am, he was I making there. so many. I am there for a good dad joke. I love puns. I love everybody knows a good bad a good dad joke is actually a bad it's a dad horrible joke. Horrible. So I am there for that. I did not get to experience that. I would have found it delightful. Okay, we. Could I was just the, I was just there for like the tiny itsy bitsy little like mention that like Dave Harper was bogarting the critique sheets and I wasn't getting to sort any. And then when I wasn't like immediately standing there to grab the next batch, he's all like, Oh, you know, you, you don't have the, uh, the critique sheets and there's like a big pile and you're not even around. Also, that was a spot on impression. It was such a that good was Jared, the best impression. Jared Trader impression. Anyone's ever done. Yes. If Jared I, Trader was like, was was like run through the washing machine and then like <laughs> left to hang out and dry. And he was made of wool. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> shrunk. Oh. Oh, my impression game is not on point today. I mean, it's because it's a Saturday night. And the feeling's right, but the impressions mm. are not. Right, right. So that's that's my last note about uh, the Xavier tournament. Uh, congrats to everybody who had a really great day. Mm-hmm. Um, lots and lots of kids up on stage today that I haven't gotten to see a lot of. So that's yeah. always nice. Um, unfortunately, Wanaki. The tournament for Wanaki had to be canceled because they didn't have enough schools register to run it. So some Madison schools came to Appleton Xavier to compete. So we got to see some people we don't normally get to see. Yeah. Um, the kids uh, had a, for us, a not great day, but some of the kids still had a good day. So yeah. like that was really nice to see. Um, and, and it's always interesting when we interact with the Madison schools who, have, as we have said before, are just so strong. Forensics in that area of Wisconsin is just so strong. And I'm jelly. I'm jelly, but happy for them. Yeah. But also jealous and also mad, but also happy. It's a very complicated mix of emotions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But. And it's like, you're happy to see them because you're like, hey. And then you're like. "Mm." Um. So, yeah, all of that happens at once when you see Madison at a tournament. And it's, you know. I, I first saw John Rademacher. Like that was the first thing I like when he walked up, I was like, oh, my God, you're here. You're, you're here. here. Yeah. Oh, but uh, but good for those Madison schools yeah. continuing and, to do so well. And shout out to Mariah for running a great tournament. She was literally in the midst of running her own tournament, offering help to people who have tournaments coming up. Yep. I, I had to I like had to swat at her and tell her, no, let's work on your tournament and then you can volunteer your help. Yeah. I was like, we have to get through this one first. So there were curse words when I said it to her, but <laughs> she is just an incredible woman. Just just one more time. Ladies and gentlemen, Mariah Roman. She hates it. She hates it. But we love it. We love it so much. We love to celebrate Mariah Irvin. Yay. Um okay. So we're gonna transition into our topic of the week. And I'm gonna tell you a story. Um, earlier in the week, you had asked me if I had heard the Hamel polka. The Hamilton polka. Yeah. It's not a portmanteau. Oh, they didn't. One more reason why. All right. Here we go. Um, so I was, you know, I, I know Weird Al that he is a man who does parodies. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'll give that a listen at some point. I'm not really like a Weird Al fan, mm-hmm. but like I can be in the mood for Weird Al. And I was just going to wait until it was, I was in the mood for Weird Al. And then you told me that like this particular Weird Al production was not even a parody of Hamilton. It was simply a medley of Hamilton songs done as a polka. And I thought to myself, why? 
And I just let it be. But so you then, still haven't listened to it? No. Well, listen, <gasps> I, there's a, this is a story. So it, has I, a beginning, interrupt. it has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And I was like, I'm just going to leave it. And maybe someday when I'm in my Weird Al mood, I'll listen <laughs> to some Weird Al. Um, I don't know why. The title of this episode is The Weird Al Mood. <laughs> so I'm just going about my business, listening to my podcasts, and NPR politics pops up. And one of the segments on NPR politics every week is what they can't let go, something politics or otherwise that they just can't let go. And one of the hosts starts talking about the Hamilton polka, and then they start playing it. And son of a gun, if it's not just Hamilton as a polka. I told you. And Melissa, I got mad. Of course you did. I got mad because if you want to make a parody of something, I'm all for it. Have fun. Sometimes I think they're clever. Sometimes I don't. But what's the point of simply copying something and making it worse? (gasps) That's right. I said it. What Hamilton is a work of genius, of literal genius. MacArthur genius. MacArthur genius grant recipient Lin-Manuel Miranda creates a Pulitzer and Tony winning musical that will change that will change the course of musical history that became a cultural phenomenon in a way that a Broadway show has not in generations. And And then I still think it needed more accordion. And then Weird Al just takes it and does it again but with an accordion and a <laughs> beat behind it. And it's so pointless. It's it's oh, not even bad. It. It's just pointless. Why take something genius and make it worse? And that is the thesis of today's episode. Because we are doing a deep dive on kids who copy interp programs from the internet. From uh, and particularly national final rounds. Why take something genius and try to redo it, but in a way? It's what it's what kids are doing. They're taking something brilliant, like a final round of duo at national level, and adding accordion. Okay, let me. I did not prepare Melissa for that. No, he told me that he had the perfect intro for this week's topic. Uh, Things that must be known to the audience. I have seen Weird Al live more than once. I I adore the Hamilton polka. I have watched the video of Jimmy Fallon and Lima Miranda reacting to hearing it for the first time. I've watched them lip syncing it on Jimmy Fallon with Weird Al himself. I have danced it out to that song at work at my desk twice this week now. I thoroughly enjoy it. I see it as someone taking something and like taking the good parts of it and putting their own spin on it, which is what I think kids think that they're doing. You know what I'm hearing though? You're part of the problem because if you're willing to support the Hamilton polka, I don't know what we're doing here. (gasps) It's so pointless. She's taking off the the headphones are off. She's walking into I don't appreciate your attitude. 
I feel very strongly about this. Justin, maybe too strongly? I don't like it. <laughs> okay, but enough about the Hamilton polka. Uh, although if you haven't listened to it and you're a Hamilton fan, don't. please do. But what I think that I think along the same line that the Hamilton polka is, our kids are looking at these final rounds, seeing that they are well-received and thinking, oh, we'll just take all the good parts of it and we'll be able to interpret it in our own way. But that's not what they do. The issue is that kids are doing the exact same cuttings. They're doing a lot of the exact same blocking. And it is a big, mushy, foggy, gray area for the WFCA. Right. So a little bit of background on this. We have actually mentioned this topic before on the podcast. Yes. We just haven't done the deep dive on it. Yeah. Um, it has come up uh, at our own WFCA meetings. Mm -hmm. um, but I think where we talked about it the most was actually when the NCFL uh, at the moderators meeting that I went to in the fall, they actually considered a bill to make this, you know, against the rules. Copying yeah. somebody else's, you know, YouTube performance is against the rules. And we very briefly talked about the fact that, like, I think there is wide consensus that none of us want this to happen. I don't think I don't I believe that coaches in Wisconsin are not actively doing this yeah. on purpose. I do think students are doing this not knowing how bad it is to mm -hmm. do this and that coaches are unaware of it because we don't have time as coaches, most of us with full-time jobs, doing this as a secondary job with families and friends and lives to have. We're not just sitting watching YouTube videos of every performance, but I do think that something is happening. Something is happening where kids now have more access than they ever have before to videos of people doing forensics. And we as coaches need to catch up and realize that in the same way we would check a speech for plagiarism. If, if a kid sends us a piece of writing out of the blue I mean, I, I do this. I hope other coaches do this. If a kid sends me a piece of writing out of the blue, a fully formed thing at the end of the process, and I haven't seen anything leading up to it, I check to make sure it's not plagiarized. Even if I trust and know and like the kid, because the best of students still make mistakes sometimes. Yeah. The best of students still try to take shortcuts sometimes. And the best of students sometimes don't even know what they're doing is that bad. But in the same way, I check a speech that I haven't seen anything from before and it just arrives to me fully formed and let's face it really, really good. I'm going to make sure that student didn't cheat. It is now, I think our obligation as coaches that if a student or duo or group shows up and they are fully fleshed out and we want to just be so proud of the work that they've done, I think we now have to know that you have to go check. You got to quickly go Google the name of their piece and make sure that there isn't some version of it on the internet that bears a striking resemblance to what your students have just put up in front of you. Yeah. It also puts the onus on coaches to make sure that they are seeing everything their teams and students are doing, which when you are a coach with a really large team, that can be really hard. You probably have several coaches and you're splitting up the work. Um, so it needs to be, you know, not just head coaches. It needs to be everybody who works with kids 
I think this is a paradigm shift. Something has changed. We now have access to more performances online than we ever have before. You got to make sure that kids are not copying it. So how do we address this? Because as, as I said, it was brought up at WFCA meeting. It was brought up at an NCFL national meeting. And the consensus is we don't like this. We don't want it to happen. But how would you enforce a rule mm-hmm. when judges go in to judge things and more than likely they haven't seen the internet video of whatever it is the kids are copying. Yeah. All they can judge is what's in front of them. And even once you have a student or a a judge who maybe does recognize it and they want to bring the protest to TPP, how does TPP know what was done in the room? They can't go recreate the performance that was just done in round two of duo and then watch a YouTube video side by side with it. We can't record kids because most of our school districts have rules against doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you enforce a rule like that? And I don't know that I don't, we're not going to come to a good answer to that today on the podcast. I will say that twice this week now I have had people Um, Once, because of my tournament last Saturday, somebody brought a concern to actually you at the ballot table, and then they brought it to me um, and said that this is happening. And I right away said, I was like, you know, we don't have a rule against this, so they're not breaking a rule, but I can inform the coach. And then this week, I got another one where people just believe that the performances being done in Wisconsin are too similar to what is being done online, that it is a copy of a performance rather than an original version of, um, you know, a, a play or I, I don't, they're duos, so they can be any source. Um, and again, I said, I, I can't do anything about it except inform the coach. And I think that that is part of the solution. Um, if, if coaches being more vigilant about it is part of the solution, I think the other part of it is good communication between coaches Yeah. so that, we can nicely, respectfully say, hey, I've had somebody tell me that your students are performing something that bears a striking resemblance to a national finalist. Here's the video. Nothing's going to happen, but I think you should be aware so you can address it with your students. And that's all we can do. Yeah. Because that coach does not owe any explanation. Mm -mm. Um. And we hope that they they deal with it as they see fit. And and good communication is is all we can hope for. And a thing that's also sticky about forensics, that's not necessarily 100 percent always on the national level and not always copying a piece top to bottom, blocking and cutting. But the fact that there are certain pieces in forensics that are super common uh, and there are like authors who are really common, but that there are like schools will have a piece that they will recycle uh, every like four years, once a student has graduated, who did it, or if a certain source does well, coaches will try to do cuttings from it. Uh, and I think it's another area that can get really tricky. Uh, when you have, like when I was in high school, the piece that was super popular was my sister's keeper. Uh, people were doing it in duo. They were doing it in prose. They were doing it in oil. They were doing it in solo serious. So everyone was doing it. And a lot of people were doing the same story arc within the cuttings. And so 
it's pretty much everyone who's doing it is doing kind of the same piece, just in different categories. And so it can get a little tricky there, too, if you're like worried about styles being copied and cuttings being copied uh, because there are certain there's always like sort of like a trendy piece or a trendy author that people are doing. And so like group interp what like seven years ago was all Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> like it was a lot of people doing really. Yeah. Yeah. A lot I of would have said Odek a few years ago was that all too, Ellen DeGeneres. That too. But everyone was doing really similar Ellen DeGeneres cuttings and group interp different blocking, mm-hmm. but a lot of them were doing the same chunks from her book. And so it, you get into this, like, I would say the same thing happened with Tina Fey. Yes. Oh gosh. Yes. Bossy mm-hmm. pants, the group of Um, but we, I mean, and I was some of them. Like yeah. I was, I was sending kids with bossy pants cuttings to yeah. group I was also listening to it four times a year. Yeah. The complete audio, the complete entire audio book. And I, I made more than one trip to nationals. Listen to it. <laughs> a huge inspiration for why you are an audiobook producer to this day. Yeah. Yeah. Like genuinely, not even a joke. No, no that wasn't a joke. Um, but okay, it, back back on. But it's a, it, one of the things to think about too. When we're talking about copying, is the idea that like there are a lot of pieces that are being done throughout the state over and over again by different people, and so someone will say, like, I've had this issue before where I we will have done a piece that had done well, and then the next year another school will have seen that done well, and they'll have someone on the circuit doing it. Mm-hmm. Like it happens. When we go to nationals, we tell our kids, if there's a piece in your round that you really like the sound of, try to remember the author and the and the title so we can go and read that ourselves or look to more things in it. So I had to say it to a student today. Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. There's no rule against copying somebody or copying something you like. Yeah. Which is another reason why it would be so hard to enforce something about. You know, like you copied that from a YouTube performance and they might be like, no, I didn't. I copied it from that kid. And that kid's like, well, I copied it from that kid. And that kid's like, well, yeah, I saw that on the video and I really liked it, but I did it in a different piece. Yeah. You know, and it's like. Just because it's out there as a YouTube video doesn't necessarily mean that that kid who's doing it in front of you is even aware of the YouTube video because of exactly what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Like it like some moves, some styles become so ubiquitous now that there's binder tech. You're going to start seeing people do the same types of binder tech as you, especially if they've seen you, liked it, and thought they could incorporate it in their piece. Yep. Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. You just have to let that be because none of what we do in forensics is copywritten. Mm-mm. None of what we do in forensics is protected by any sort of trademark. Yep. So you just create something and you put it out in the world. And yeah, if you do something really cool. People are going to want to copy it. Yep. Especially if they see you being successful. Yeah. Which means the only strategy you really have personally, and maybe this is the third part of a solution, is to constantly strive to be original. Yep. And we as coaches need to instill that in our young people. I'll talk to my kid about it. You see something uh, that they're doing now that you were doing? Let's switch it up. Yeah. Let's do something different on our end. They liked your creativity. Let's be more creative. Mm-hmm. Let's be more original. Let's push the envelope a little bit further, which I am not a proponent of doing for its own sake. But if you do something original and then it suddenly becomes samesies across the board, let's try something else. It's the only way we're going to keep progressing. Mm-hmm. And in having like trying to figure out how to like 
it's the idea again that we want to be nice to kids and we don't want to punish kids for this. Like that's the one of the issues that I have is that like hearing that a, a, a duo is exactly copying all the blocking and cutting from a national final duo. Like I don't want to punish those kids, but I also want to teach them a lesson. And I don't think that they're like that you have to punish someone in order to teach them a lesson. So there, I want it to be something that is left to coaches and not left to judges or TPP or the association at large. It's something that like a coach needs to be able to have a conversation with their student. So like when that, like when a coach is coming to the tab table and saying they need to be DQ'd because they're copying a national round, it's like, no, they need the conversation. Like go, like, let me tell you who their coach is. You can go have this conversation with their coach Mm -hmm. and then the coach can take care of that themselves because I don't like I don't want it to be this idea of punishment because yeah it's it's lazy mm-hmm. 100% it's a lazy thing to do two it's unoriginal people have been copying national finals for years right even before like even before they were posting them on the internet people were, were secretly recording them or just in the audience watching it and then Taking notes. The best, the, from the best of their memory, recreating it later. Yeah. The difference now is we have a video of that performance that we can compare it to. And watch over and over again. And, pe- and people at home who weren't at nationals can now see that performance and realize there's a copy. Yeah. You're right. I mean, copying has been happening forever. forever. It's a part of what we do. It's a part of the learning process, mm-hmm. frankly. Like, it. part of the problem may simply be that those young people don't have any better ideas because they haven't been taught how to do that yet. Yeah. And so that is should be assigned to a coach. It's time to engage those young people because they're able to seek something out and copy it. Um, and now it's time to encourage them to put their own stank on it. Yeah. If you will. Gross. Will you? You won't. No, you won't. I don't think I okay. want. I don't. You won't allow it. Schoolers have enough stank. I don't need them to spread it on stuff. Oh, I don't mean literal stank. You know, I mean metaphorical stank. Okay. Still don't want it. Okay, fair enough. Um, I I knew I was reaching with that one. You know what? It's Saturday I just felt night. it was were... getting it was getting really heavy and dark, and I needed to lighten it up. I don't think I don't think it's heavy. Bit. I don't think it's heavy and dark. I think it's it 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 is complicated because we want to figure out a way to not chase students away. Like one of the, one of the reasons that we are so pushy about good critique sheets is because we don't want a student to read critique sheets on a bus and then never come back. Like Mm. we don't want students who made the decision to copy a final round performance and then they get like, I guess we'll say reprimanded for it by their coach and told like, you're not allowed to do this. We have to start from scratch and then them be scared away by it. It's we, we need to figure out ways to keep kids around and keep them engaged because one of the saddest things ever are like, especially when it's kids who are copying a national round, like national final round. And then they're succeeding with it. Like, obviously, they're still good interpreters. Sure. They're still good actors. It's just that they're, those talents are being put into a vessel that is not, like, great. But they're still performing the piece well. They're still performing it well. They just didn't well. bring their own originality there's no, to it. Yeah, there's no which originality. Is, which is the essential component. And, you know, again, this is maybe just part of... Uh, 
I, I would love to hear from coaches, like how much they talk about that, because I'm, I'm probably guilty of not talking about it enough. Um, I really focus on speech, how like everything about a speech is your own. And I advocate for speech in that way because you get to create it from start to finish and it's entirely you. But the reality is, even if you're using something that's already been written by somebody else, you still have to bring so much of yourself to it. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be viewed as something that's easier just because you didn't have to write it. Yeah. You still have to cut it. That has to be original. You still have to create an introduction that has to be original and insightful, which I will say this about every interpret round I've seen in the last two years. On almost every ballot, I write, where's the insight in mm-hmm. some way, shape or form? It's it's meant to give me some idea of why this is actually worth listening to, not just a little synopsis of the story you're about to tell me. Um, you know, you have to create an introduction that's original. You have to put movement, tone, voice, posture, gesture. All of those things are supposed to come from the person doing the interpretation. And I'm probably guilty of not highlighting that portion enough. Um, unless I have what, you know, a really talented student come to me and do what I consider is boring, like just kind of like blase reading it off the page. And then I'll encourage them to be like, you know, just cause the author said it this way. And this is the other thing too, with a lot of inter pieces is they're able to find the author reading their own work on the internet and they think they have to do it like that. Yeah. Especially like, with no, the, you don't. like proponent, like the growing like choices of performance poetry and slam poetry. Some of mm-hmm. them are getting up there and they're doing it exactly like the person who wrote it did. Right. And but some you don't of us have to. Yeah. And, and some of us, it's one of those things where some of us watch those videos and we're able to recognize that. And other people are like, Oh my gosh, this is so great. And so like, because sometimes you, you can't put on the skin of the person who wrote it. No. So then you have to find your own way to interpret it, which frankly I think is more interesting anyway. Yeah. But I, but I also acknowledge how difficult that can be for a first time student to come in and not, not know what forensics is. And then they are researching what forensics is and they're watching those national final round videos and they're going, Oh shoot, this is the level that I have to be. Okay. Well, if they're doing this, I'll just do what they're doing. And that's how I'll be successful because unlike something with sports, a lot of the performance burden is on the originality. Agreed. So, yeah, I mean, am I alone in this? Have I not been stressing originality enough and I'm I'm by myself? Let me know. I would love to, to hear some feedback from people on that. Um, and if I'm not alone, as I suspect I am not, because I'm usually not, um, I hear from people after the fact that they're like, oh, yeah, me too. Um Let's let's all make an effort to really stress originality. Um, so I guess, yeah, in conclusion, coaches, let's be more vigilant. We have to start doing a Google search when our students bring us a, a interp piece in the same way that we do a Google search if they're bringing us a piece of writing. Um, let's coaches communicate with each other in a really constructive way so that we can help these kids learn and grow and be better than just copying somebody else. And let's talk with our teams about being original and making sure that a goal of forensics is to bring your ideas to the table, no matter what category you're in. And make sure that when you are talking about originality, that you are emphasizing the idea that sometimes being able to do something that is within your own voice and your own creativity that your student came up with all by themselves is more rewarding than those trophies. Like if a student is getting to walk into a room and have a performance that they feel so good about and that they know that was 100% theirs, 
that can feel better than winning a trophy. Agreed. Lots of pointing. But part of that is because I'm doing the Hamilton polka in my head. And the Hamilton polka is terrible. No, it's It's, not. You're right. I'm sorry. It's not terrible. It's pointless. There's no reason for it to exist. (sighs) It took something good and made it worse. Why? Why do we do that? Why do we do that? And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to end our Saturday of forensics. Bid you farewell. Adieu. 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 Goodbye. And have a great week. Bye. Forensic Spaces is recorded and edited in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Our theme song is written and performed by J.J. Hammeister. If you are a fan of Forensic Spaces, give us a rating on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you are listening to podcasts. You can find more info, including a link to purchase all of the best official Friends of the Pod merchandise at www.forensicspaces.com. And also, please connect with us on Facebook and Twitter by searching for Forensic Spaces. I'm Kurt. And I'm Melissa, encouraging you to listen, think, and speak. Preferably in that order. Preferably in that order.